Welcome to the Gladiator Seminars Podcast. Host Aaron Chavez each week brings you an inspiring person, interesting topic, or message to help inspire you to reach higher levels of awareness in your life and business. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Here, Here we, we go. go. Let's start the seminar. Luke, how are you, sir? I can't complain. Can't complain at all. <laughs> hey, thanks for being on the show, Luke. So what have you been up to nowadays, Luke? Well, um, doing several things. Um, over the summer, I've been able to speak with uh, several Marine Corps JROTC high schools, invigorating and energizing them during some leadership camps in the Rhode Island area. In addition, I'm working on a future speaking engagement at the Jessup Women's Prison in Maryland, um, and I'm also working on another book project. Awesome. Awesome. For those of you who don't know Luke, he's pretty well known on the internet as Luke Motivates. That's kind of how I came came to know you, Luke, is through your your little videos that you do, uh, and it just really very interesting little videos. And then you and I met, uh, I think it was back in 2015 at the John Maxwell training in Florida, wasn't it? That is correct. That is correct. That is exactly where we met. So where did where did you come up with this the your your kind of your catchphrase? What's your catchphrase? Share with the audience. Don't find an excuse find a way. Where did you find that? How did you come up with that? Wow. Um, I've been blessed with, I guess, the knack of, of coming up with uh, pretty good uh, motivational uh, quotes. If you go on to uh, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you can see uh, some quotes that I post weekly called The Right Thought. Um, and it, several years ago, I came up um, with the quote, don't find an excuse, find a way. And pretty much probably just popped in my head, but probably was energized by challenges that I've had throughout my life, uh, personal challenges and challenges um, in the military. And each time that I've come up against some pretty stiff challenges, I had to say to myself, I can't go backwards. I have to find a way to go over what's in front of me, around it, under it, or through it. And finding an excuse was just not reasonable, reasonable, feasible, or supportable to me uh, in my mind or in my heart. Yeah, that that was. Uh, I every time you post a video, I usually share it to my, one of my Facebook pages. And then I remember back in 2015, you know, you know that, that, that whole week you spend with John Maxwell and his team, and you go through all the different, the training that he offers. I remember, uh, like, I was behind you. I was going to a class or going to something, and people were stopping you saying, hey, you're Luke Motivates. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this guy is doing something awesome because they everyone already knows him, and he, this is his first time here, man. 
Yes, yes, indeed. So, yeah, yeah, I really, really enjoy you all, your book, too. Uh, I really enjoyed your book, uh, The Right Thought. I uh, love the cover. Uh, you inspired me to write my, uh, my book. Um, and you share a story in that book uh, about the mountain that you, the mountain, Yes, yeah, Mount Fuji. Can you can you share that real quick? That's that's just kind of a, you know, share that with the audience if you wouldn't mind. No problem. Um, I want to say this was I was still in the Marine Corps, and I was with the unit, Third Battalion, Third Marines, and I think we were either on, I think this was our second deployment, and we had gone back to Japan, and we happened to be doing some training. Um, near Mount Fuji and during some of our off time they had an opportunity for some of the Marines on base to go on a group excursion to climb Mount Fuji and a lot of times you have um, military members active duty members that get deployed and go to different places whether it be Air Force, Marine, Navy um, Army, and they go and do things that they're used to. You have Marines that will get off the ship in a foreign land, and the first thing that they look for is a McDonald's. <laughs> um, because, hey, that's what they're used to. And um, I said to myself, I'm going to find something to do that pushes me past my, my comfort level. And uh, so they had this excursion. I, I decided to go and uh, climb Mount Fuji. And it, it takes several hours to, to climb this mountain. And I'm, I'm not a mountain climber, um, Aaron. That was my first time ever climbing a mountain. And when you begin to climb the mountain, the temperature is uh, pretty hot. I, I think it was uh, probably around the, the mid 80s when we started. Um, I started in uh, shorts. Uh, sunglasses, um, just, just very comfortable, you know, kind of a, a little hot. Mm-hmm. And as we climbed the mountain, there were several different spots where you could stop and uh, take a break, get some, uh, take a rest, get something to drink. And uh, we had walking sticks. They were specialized walking sticks, and I think they were hexagon or octagon uh, shape. They were long sticks, but they were... If you looked at them from above, the, the sides, I think, were either a hexagon or octagon shape. And as you stopped at these certain points, they would stamp the side of your stick to show at what point, how far you had made it up the mountain. So, Aaron, as we are going along, the temperature is changing up the mountain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you started off as if, you know, it, it was summertime. And it got significantly colder as you got up to the point that when we got all the way to the top um, and it was basically wintertime, it was snowing. And and (laughs) to the point where the visibility became um, pretty dangerous. when we finally reached the top of the mountain, I was standing above the clouds. And I have a picture 
Um, I did post it on Facebook a, a couple years ago, and I remember the picture. I think it was me, my friend uh, Roy Miner, and uh, staff sergeant with me. I think uh, Derek Hancock at the time, and we're standing above the clouds. We're look. We're on top of the mountain, Mount Fuji, looking down in the clouds. And I thought to myself, "Wow, you know, I would love to reach back to Baltimore and bring." some of the people that I grew up with to this place so they could see life from a different perspective. And um, it, it really impacted me climbing that mountain. And it, it showed me that how things change, even if you're on the same mission. So the mission was to climb Mount Fuji. But as I was climbing that mountain, the seasons literally changed uh -huh. while, while I was going through it. Uh, whether you're writing a book, whether you're uh, obtaining a, a degree, the situation is going to change while you're you're going up the mountain, mountain, um, and you're trying to obtain your uh, your goal or success. And just because the seasons change and the conditions change. Mm -hmm. My focus on what I wanted to obtain did not change. That's awesome, man. That that story yeah. to me really resonates with me because I know, geez, just looking at my own life and then my the different goals that I've set for myself, you're exactly right. The conditions, the variables change, will change on you, and it's it's the perseverance and it's the you know, the fortitude and just that, that, like your whole slogan, you know, people, unfortunately, will start making excuses of why they can't accomplish whatever their goal is um, because of the variables. They, you know, it's not always easy to, to, uh, to complete a goal. I just, to me, that, that story really resonated with me and it just the whole book inspired me and, uh, and if you're looking to buy that book, you can you can get that on Amazon, can't you? Yes, definitely. It's available on Amazon, um, electronic version for those of you that have Kindles or iPads and and love to read uh, electronically and are not stuck, um, or you're not a lover of hardback or paperback cover books like I am, and the the paperback. Um, version is also available on Amazon and um, for, for those of you that want a signed copy you can definitely contact me and I can uh, uh, do, we can uh, pay for the book via PayPal and I can send you a signed copy of the right thought yeah great book highly recommend you could also Google Luke Google Luke, Mo Luke motivates it'll his his uh, pa uh, page or web page will come right up uh, I was just looking it over before um, before you you came in. So uh, uh, also, you know, you're working with students right now. You're working. Tell us about that. Like you're working. with What's the age group? What what's that all about? Well, the, the age group that I'm currently working with are, are high school students. So the ages of, of 14 to 18. During the day, I'm working with a great group of students who are in the JRTC program currently right now, the Navy JRTC program. And my focus 
as a mentor, a speaker, a leadership developer, one that is focused on developing that inner strength of an individual um, to achieve their own success and add value to others is to enforce to these young leaders that one, that they are going to receive the baton of responsibility. And when I say the baton of responsibility, Aaron, uh, what I'm talking about is at, at this time, um, the current generation, um, the principals, the teachers, the, the lawyers, the engineers, the decision makers, the politicians, the senators, the council members, male and female, uh, the athletes, the coaches, uh, this generation has the baton. But at some time in the near future, that baton of responsibility is going to be handed over to the next generation. Um, those young people are in college and uh, are in high school right now. So we have to invest in them in order to prepare them to receive that baton of responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, when I use the phrase baton of responsibility, in your mind, you're probably thinking of um, a team yeah. running, track team running mm -hmm. with a baton. And whenever we watch a team uh, doing a relay race, whether it be the pen relays or uh, some other track leagues in Texas or uh, Olympic races, that is not the first time that that team goes out there and does the baton exchange. They've done it so many times they cannot remember how many times they've done that baton exchange. Whether it worked, they dropped it, or they exchanged um, improperly, they've done it so many times. So we cannot expect to just handle the baton responsibility to the next generation if we're not preparing them to become leaders. The second thing that I really focus on, Aaron, is surrounding and uh, placing these young individuals, these young leaders in an environment where they are around other leaders that have a greater influence than themselves. Leaders that have experience, wisdom, and knowledge to take these future leaders where they need to be. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, next week we're going to a, a Senate hearing in um, in D.C. Uh, we've had I've taken them to meetings with um, uh, corporate uh, businesses. Um, we also hold our own staff meeting within the JRTC unit. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm really focused on developing these young people to become tomorrow's leaders. Yeah, to me, that's that's such an awesome thing. I've been watching, you know, on Facebook some of the work that you're doing. Um, you know, my background, education, spent 20 years in education as a teacher, principal, school superintendent, and uh, the a teacher's words will last a lifetime. Uh, and the reason I went into education was because of a teacher. A lot like you just inspired me to um, be the best I could be. And it just was in my life at the right time. Um, and so I've been, I watch you real closely. I, I've been watching you. I love the pictures you post and some of the little stories you tell about your, your students. So, but if I was to ask you one question, so what do you think the biggest challenge we face right now with our youth in our country? 
Wow. Um, a lot of people will say that, you know, the, the youth spends too much time on the Internet and they spend too much, too much time on their phones. Um, and, and maybe they're distracted or um, they weren't like we were when we were growing up. And th there are some valid points to those uh, ideas, opinions, and points. However, I think one of the challenges, the greatest challenges we face is the current generation listening, our generation, the older generation, listening to the future generation mm -hmm. um, and, and understanding them. So I'll, I'll give you an example, uh, Aaron. A couple years back, I was teaching in, in Baltimore City and... I was frustrated in the classroom one day because I began to notice that kids were not bringing what I believed to be the necessary tools to be successful in the classroom. That being pen, pencil, calculator, notebook, paper. And I would vent to myself, and sometimes I would vent to the kids. I was like, hey, I just don't understand why you guys don't bring what was required of you. Mm -hmm. And one evening I was at home, and it, and it hit me. And I thought to myself, if I grew up with the Internet, a smartphone, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, uh, email and texting. How much value would I have <laughs> in a lead pencil, uh, a pen, and ca and carrying around a three ring binder? Yeah. And I began to realize that I was talking more than I was observing and listening mm -hmm. to my students. So I, I believe there has to the, the biggest challenge is the current generation meeting with the future generation and understanding that we need to understand them as much as we would like them to understand us. Um, and there, there is going to come a time, Aaron, that I believe that um, newspapers and magazines will will no longer be in the paper format, mm -hmm. they will all be electronic. And and there may come a time where they may no longer teach writing because most mm -hmm. of the population will be texting um, or, or doing some kind of electronic transcription mm -hmm. of, of their words and thoughts. Um, so I think that is one of the, the, the biggest challenges that we have right now, um, being able to cross that gap of understanding uh, because it's very hard to teach an audience if you don't understand or you have not connected with them first. Yeah, for sure. You, 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 that's the truth because it, it, you know, I remember when like cursive, you know, cursive, it still is a big like thing in schools. There's the cursive camp where you believe every student should learn cursive because of like it develops a certain part of the brain. And then you have the other side of the camp who just it's not 
it's not something that's used <laughs> uh, anymore uh, on a daily basis. So we need to discard that and focus on, like you say, digital digital media. I believe, like you say, is going to it's already taken over for the most part. Newspapers. I got a local newspaper uh, down in the Tri Cities uh, that is. It gets thinner and thinner every year because they're posting everything on their Facebook page or on their on their actual web page. So uh, you're right, newspapers are going going away slowly. But what? So what? When you're teaching leadership, what law? Like John Maxwell law? Do you have you taught the John Maxwell a lot of their his laws around teamwork, leadership, etc.? Yes, yes. There is, um, you know, in Maybe JRTC, they, they already have an established curriculum. Okay. However, I do try to interject other types of leadership into what I teach um, in order to make it more dynamic, um, sometimes getting out of the classroom because the classroom, I truly believe, is, is not the only learning environment. And if you restrict the learning only to the classroom, it becomes very stale and and boring. But I would say one of the most valuable uh, tools, lessons that I I, I constantly tell my students about, my future leaders, is in order for them to add value to others, it is necessary that they add value to themselves. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that, and it, and it comes back also to the the law of the lid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter if you are a mother, a father, an uncle, aunt, um, bus driver, friend, company commander. You, you name it, whatever title you want to associate with an individual. That person's ability to influence others, lead others, becomes very restricted and limited if they are not focused on adding value to themselves. Because at some point, when they stop learning, then they have restricted their ability to be able to impart knowledge, experience, and wisdom to those people they expect to follow them. And I will give you a prime example. Um, we're going to assume that everyone on that, that will listen to this uh, podcast, because I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people that listen to it, um, at some point have, have gone to the dentist, right? Mm-hmm. Or they have, um, if they haven't, gone to the dentist in a while then they may have a vehicle and if you go to the dentist and maybe you have a a root canal a cavity a filling or some work to be done or you have a vehicle that you're still paying on or a vehicle that you you really value that gets you to and from work that takes your family to and from walmart or to and from uh, soccer, football practice, the movies, whatever it may be. And if you went to the, your dentist appointment and you found out that, hey, my dentist got his degree back in 1983, 
and hasn't been back for any further training concerning cats, uh, innovative ways to do root canals and so forth. And he's relying on what he learned back in 1983 when he went to college. You, you would probably question sitting in that chair. For sure. Yeah. If you have a vehicle that, you know, you are 2,000-something, that nowadays most cars have touchscreen uh, radios, uh, Sirius XM, a USB port for your uh, uh, iPhone and other electronics. And, and, and nowadays some vehicles are have the capability of parking themselves. And if you pulled up to the dealership where hasn't taken any classes to upgrade his knowledge of automobiles since 1983, you would question his ability to fix your vehicle and you may not leave that vehicle to, to be repaired. So if we're not willing to trust our teeth to a dentist who isn't constantly adding value to himself and we're not willing to leave our vehicle which uh, its value goes down as soon as you drive off the parking lot why would we be willing to follow behind leaders who aren't adding value to themselves yeah that's for sure that that's for sure that reminds me of a conversation I had with my daughter just I think it was yesterday she um She's got an interview for a nursing position today. I think she just had it um, today at actually about 3 o'clock. But we were talking yesterday. She says, Dad, I've got an interview. And she just finished up her this, her training, her education around nursing. And, and uh, I told her, I said, hey, the more you educate yourself, the more valuable you're going to be. I said, you have some natural leadership ability already. Mm -hmm. But you're going to find that the more you educate yourself, the more you level yourself up through reading books, through listening to podcasts, through, you know, just the your inner circle, who you hang out, out with, you're going to continue to rise your, throughout your whole life, Taya. And uh, so anyway, she's at an interview now, so... I totally agree. Totally agree with what you're saying. The more you educate yourself, um, the more valuable you're going to be as a leader. Um, and I totally know. I used to have a Ford F-250, like a 1978, and, it, and those mechanics, I have a Prius now, and I wouldn't trust those mechanics to touch my <laughs> Prius, man, because that sucker is so complex, man, that Prius. There's no way you'd be able to work on it if you had that old knowledge so, um, John Maxwell laws. What's your favorite? What's your f favorite law that you like to teach or you like to share with people? Would you think? Wow. Um, hmm. I, I would probably say the law of the lid. The law of the lid. Yeah. Law of the lid. Um, because when you teach the law of the lid, um, when I teach it, Aaron, I, I get animated and, mm -hmm. I, and, and I have them demonstrate with me with their fists and yeah. in their hand um, the the left hand being themselves the fist 
being those people that they are leading. And it really touches the individual. And as we're walking through that at that lesson of instruction, where I tell them to touch their heart and they touch their heart, their heart. And then I say, take that right hand that you just touch your heart with and make a fist and they do it. And then I tell them to take their, their left hand and put their left hand over that fist. Uh-huh. And I tell them to press up with their fist and press down with their hand. And I said, hey, do you feel that pressure? And they say, yes. And I said, well, that's the pressure of a leader that's not growing and adding value to themselves and a unit, a company or team that desperately wants to grow but are restricted under the leadership that is not adding value to themselves. So they are incapable of adding value to that team. Yeah. Um, so the law of the leader is one of my favorites because um, I can really get animated when I demonstrate it and the audience is, it's easy to get the audience in, involved in that demonstration. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the lid was one that really spoke to me as well. Because if you're a level seven leader, you're only going to be able to get your your team, your organization, your business, whatever it is, to that level. No more, no less. You're going to hit that lid. Uh, I love that. I love that law too. Another one that I really like, especially when I'm working with um, you know young adults, is the law of the inner circle. Just because, you know, you're only as strong as the, the people you have around you. And that's one of my worries for just the youth. When I talk about the, the inner circle, what I the example that I use, Aaron, is a, a chain a chain link. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you can have a, a, a chain link for a bike lock, for a fence, or what have you. And sometimes when you go to Lowe's or... Uh, Home Depot, you can go to a certain section and you can buy pieces of a a chain link. And they go all the way from plastic to to steel that's thin to very thick, heavy chain link. So you imagine if you had a thick, heavy chain link and you wanted to extend it or connect it into a circle. If you took a couple of plastic links and incorporated it into that heavy chain link, you you would know automatically where that chain would pop yep. when the pressure or challenges were were placed on it. And what has to happen with individ, individuals? we have the capability of making us as individuals a stronger link. And we have the capability of picking and choosing what links we want in our chain. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at that when we choose our inner circle and have the fortitude to say, hey, I need to increase my value, my strength, my wisdom, and my knowledge in order to be a stronger link in the chain. And at the same time, if I want to be successful, I need to remove 
myself from a chain that is full of plastic links. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if I am the leader and I, I have this this circle of links, I need to be strong enough to say to someone, hey, I need you to work on, on these areas or there are going to be some changes made to the team. Um, so we, we have definitely have to have the courage to address ourselves and we have to have to have the courage to address others that are couple more questions a couple fun ones for you though favorite actor I want to know who your favorite actor is wow uh, fav- favorite actor yeah uh, I'm gonna say Denzel Washington <laughs> oh, I knew you were gonna say Denzel Washington <laughs> you're kind of a Denzel Washington guy he's a cool guy I like Denzel too I was thinking I was thinking for myself, Keanu Reeves. Oh, the, the one. <laughs> yeah, the one, yeah, yeah. I'd like kind of Keanu Reeves seems like a cool guy, too. A lot like Denzel, just has a way about him. You know, just a cool, cool actor. Um, and then I, you know, I liked Keanu Reeves in a lot of. What's your favorite Denzel movie then? I'm going to say, and, and this is probably an answer you're not going to get from most Denzel fans, um, I'm going to say Devil in a Blue Dress. Really? Devil in a Blue Dress. He plays a um, a private investigator, and he plays along with, um, I'm trying to remember the other actor's name. The other actor plays in Iron Man. He plays like the Patriot Iron Man. Um, oh, I, I think I know here. I can't think of his name. It's 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 gets my mind right now. I, I met him uh, some years ago at a track relay for my daughter. Um, yeah, I know exactly. I can see his face. I can't. I can't. Yeah, think of his I can't, name. can't remember right now. Um, but yeah, Devil in a Blue Dress would be my favorite uh, Denzel film. Um, Next to that would be American Gangster. American, I liked American Gangster too. I like that yes. was a great flick. That was a great flick. So is that your favorite? What's your favorite movie then? Your favorite Ooh. all-time movie? Favorite movie. Favorite movie. Um. Wow. I'm probably gonna <laughs> go with X. 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 Uh, what the heck's that? that? The Denzel Washington movie where he plays Malcolm X. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking yes. my, mine was Contact. Have you thought uh, saw Contact with Jodie Foster? That that one doesn't ring a bell. That's a good one. That's 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 I like that one. I like the space and I like that thought of aliens and all of that. So anyway, she basically uh, she's running one of those big satellites that listen for. Um, you know, evidence that there's something going on out there, and they finally hear something, and then she, um, and there's a whole thing that happens after they hear this, um, hear this sound in space. So that's one of my favorites. Contact. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm slightly familiar with. It. I think I've seen parts of that movie. That's a that's a good one. I like I like X. So what's your next book? What's tell me about tell us about that. 
All right, so uh, I won't I won't reveal the title at this time, but I will share that the book is going to be about relationships. Cool. Um, and what I will do is my my plan is I'm going to be having forums, um, live forums, um, where I will discuss different chapters from the book, and I and I hope to. The goal is to work my way up the uh, the East Coast with live presentations, um, and inviting people into discussions about different chapters of the book. So I believe that understanding and listening is very key to relationships, whether it is an employee-employer relationship, a friend-and-friend relationship, uh, boyfriend-and-girlfriend, husband-and-wife, um, you name it, co-worker relationship, listening, and understanding. So I'm going to share a, a quick story uh, with you before we go, and um, that will be in the book. Okay. Uh, so several years ago, uh, my wife asked me out for a, a cup of coffee. And uh, I, I know that you're in Washington, Aaron, and you're, you're in, in uh, coffee country as far as the... Uh, Starbucks. The, <laughs> as far as the United States is uh, yeah. concerned. I'm not a big coffee drinker. I don't have anything against coffee. Um, I'm very... Uh, I'm a novice when it comes to knowing about coffee. Please don't ask me to make a, a cup of coffee in the office because I don't think many people would be happy because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, whenever I go and I do have a cup of coffee, I just order whatever my wife ordered. I think it's like a Carmel Macchiato. It's <laughs> uh, what she usually order orders. It, it uh, doesn't taste like coffee, kind of sweet. Um, uh, and, it, and it has a... a kind of um, a, a pet me up at least for me it is yeah. especially for someone that is not used to um, the, the, the ca caffeine injection so back to the story so several years ago my wife said to me said hey you want to go out for a cup of coffee and I'm thinking in my mind and I'm like hey she knows I don't drink coffee and I'm not sure why she would ask my reply was no however Aaron that was, wasn't really the question she was asking. Mm -hmm. The question that she was truly asking was, would you like to go out and spend some quality time with me, maybe having a discussion while we have coffee or while I have coffee? I totally missed that question. So... <laughs> I would have too. Hey, I would have too. I would. I don't. I, when people say that kind of, my wife says things like that. I I miss it too. I miss yeah. it too. <laughs> so, um, I have learned over time that um, you you have to listen with more than your ears. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, body language. Um, watching someone, the inflection of their tone, their their emotions. Because my answer to her was no. And can you imagine asking someone in your heart 
would you like to spend some time with me having, you know, conversation, quality time? Mm-hmm. And just, why would you so happen to be drinking coffee and that person saying no? Yeah. That can be very hurtful. Um, now, I'm not a mind reader, right? So I, 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 I will say that. But I've learned to, I've learned to be a more mm-hmm. intentional listener. And listening is is such a valuable part of a relationship because I think what happens in relationships, Aaron, is a lot of times people talk to one another, but they don't talk with one another. Mm-hmm. So you find that people have conversations every day, whether it be at home, in Starbucks, on a commute, in a car together, at a party, over the phone. And what happens, Aaron, is one person is talking and the other person is thinking about what they're going to say next. Yeah. And they're not actually listening, intentionally listening to what the other person is saying. Yeah. The other valuable point that I'm going to, that will be in my book um, that hits on adding value to relationships through communication. That's not the title of the book, but uh, th- that is the, the theme of it. The other theme that I, I, I will be talking about is listening to understand because you can listen to someone with the goal of understanding them without having the goal of agreeing with them. Yeah. So many times, our agenda in a conversation is to be right. Mm-hmm. Or our agenda is to win the person over to our opinion. Mm-hmm. Whether you're speaking to a, a three-year-old, uh, a spouse, a co-worker, someone on the other spectrum of mm-hmm. your, your, your politics, uh, where you might be on the right, they might be on the left. A lot of times we are listening to convince the other person to come over to our side or to see things our way. Yeah. So one of the things in the book that I talk about is just listening to understand the under, the other person, mm-hmm. not to agree with them, not to pull them over, not to have judgment, just to understand. Yeah. So let, let me understand this. Um, you think that it's wrong to do A, B, and C. Is that correct? Yes, I, I, I believe A, B, and C is, is incorrect. I think it should be A, C, B. Mm-hmm. Oh, why is that? Well, I was taught as a kid that ACB is the best way to go about it. I don't have to agree with the person. I'm just understanding their thoughts and rationale. At the end of the day, I may walk away and still believe that things should be ABC. While that person still believes ACB. But them knowing that I listened 
and understood their point of view may be more valuable than me trying to prove to them that it should be ABC versus A. CB yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to the book coming out in February of February, March of uh, 2020. Um, and what we probably will be doing is that, um, and we released the book for the uh, first two weeks or so, when you order the, the new book, you will also get the right thought also. So a, a, a two for one. Uh, so please, everyone, look out for that. My new book um, coming out in 2020. Um, so in the next month or so, I will reveal the, the title of the book and look forward to um, me probably coming to a city near you or having some live venues, whether a live conference call or a live podcast where you can call in and participate mm -hmm. as we talk about one of the chapters from my new book. Yeah. All righty. Thank you, everyone, for spending your time with us this evening with me, Luke Wright, Luke Motivates, and my good friend, Aaron Chavez. I want you to remember as you go through your travels, your challenges, to leave yesterday behind because... Too much of yesterday invested in won't allow you to spend enough time in today. But as you think about those challenges and you face them, I want you to remember to don't find an excuse, find a way. Remember this. Don't find an excuse, find a way. And your goals will get closer to you. Luke, thanks so much for coming on the show. You guys, thank you for listening this week. I've got another great guest coming up this next week. It's going to really blow your socks off. You guys have a great day. Have a great night. Make it happen. Your dreams, your goals are right around the corner. Don't stop. Thank you for listening to the Gladiator Seminars podcast. Be sure to visit gladiatorseminars.com. Also, please feel free to share, comment, or send us a message. We'll see you next week.